Virgin, you would feed your fierce desire from my lips with white fire, but I have no keys to these strange mysteries. Why will you in urgency press against my fragile loveliness? I hold no key to this mystery. Kathleen Tankersley Young. So it's another episode of Beyond the Spark, the podcast with me, Raya Sunshine, as your host. I'm so excited about my conversation today because it is with somebody that I truly look up to. Um, Let me tell you guys a little bit about this person. David Judah Oliver is an accomplished poet and author of two published books of original poetry. He is the co-host and founder of Lion Like Mind State Poetry and art series at the Pomona Fairplex. As an entrepreneur, he owned and operated the now legendary Machine Pomona Art Gallery in the Pomona Arts Colony from 2011 to 2014. He is the inaugural Poet Laureate of Pomona and this man has taught poetry all over the place every level of education talk about in schools kindergarten college all the way into the prison system and beyond bars so i look up to him and every time i talk to him he drops some knowledge that i have to hold on to so yeah welcome how you doing judah i'm peace thank you i i'm well after you know running around just having a little rest in the day Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, man. I'm excited. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a while now. Um, And so I, you know, of course, I always have to do a little bit of research and stuff. So I know a little bit of how you're going to answer some of my questions, but I'm not always sure because, you know, uh, that's what that's what these moments are for. So let's just jump right in man how how did you get started how did you start writing what's your first memory of writing poetry or hearing poetry uh first memory really of hearing poetry is like a church and also uh the nation of islam was on the corner and um that was poetry to me um my first poem myself for getting into poetry is about seven, eight years old. Um, my mom, she had a surgery. She was in a hospital a few days. I was sad about it. Teacher saw I was sad about it. They gave me a blank book. It was just all white, just an all white book. And uh, they're like, you know, do something for your mom. So I, I drew on the front and on the inside, I made a, little, a whole bunch of songs, um, wow. little short stories, poems, this and that. And then uh, went to the hospital and read it to her. And now those are poems. They are poems. I still have that book. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep trying to get my sons to write poems <laughs> for me. And they're like, uh, we'll draw you some pictures. Uh, <laughs> they they are, are not poets yet. Well, the youngest one is. He might be a poet. We never know. He, <laughs> he likes to talk a lot. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, um, so let's see. Well, okay, so you started off as a seven, eight-year-old child just doing something for mom. What got you to where you are now? Like, what's that progression that made you be like, okay, poetry is something I want to do, and I'm going to do it seriously? Well, it got me to where I am now. I'm 39, 
So from seven, it's a long time from seven to 39. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not Tell me all about it. Happened in there. Um, geez, uh, 16, my best friend died. I started writing more poetry, uh, a lot more serious poems, a lot more um, spiritual things. Um, 18, well, 16, I also found a Mike and Dim Lights, uh, Pomona, Under Best Cab, Tamara Blue, um, <clears throat> that whole crew. They ran in Pomona, year 2000, year 2000. You know, I, I became a poet. Um, 2005, uh, I made and joined the LA Slam team. I went to um, the National Poetry Slam representing Los Angeles, 2005, 2006, yeah. as well. 2008, um, I came back to my area in the Inland Empire, Pomona Valley, and I was like, you know what? I want my own venue. Um, I want to, I want to slam and everything. And then my state didn't really slam, so I was like, I want to slam and do some other things. I want to have a different kind of culture. And um, I began a um, line like Mind State, my poetry venue. We're now 14 years old. We still run. Um, and uh, that was 2008. In 2008, we sent a youth team to Brave New Voices Chicago that year. Oh, yeah. Um, I was there. Okay. Yeah, we sent the Empire Mind State U team. That was my team. I wasn't there. Uh, Cat coached the team, uh, but they came out of my venue. Um, then I sent a, I had sent in a built team that year as well, the Empire Mind State team. We got 17th that year, 2009. 2010, we got second uh, in group, group, group team group peace slam national group peace i'm <laughs> like that it wasn't final stage the final final stage but it was like the off final stage anyway we got second came home with second uh, that was dope um after that i came home you know at my venue um you know i saw people who had you know all the vendors they had clothing they had jewelry they had this and that they had music and i was like wow this stuff is really nice are you in any stores like what's that process like how can we help you they're like, well, it's really difficult, you know, this and that. And I was like, okay, well, so it's really difficult then. Sounds like we need to do our own thing. So I did my best and I strove. And then I opened up Machine Pomona and re remodeled it and rebuilt it myself by hand, um, mainly because I didn't have a lot of money. So, but also that whole process helped me mentally. And also I wrote a lot of poems in that time. Um, yeah, uh, my process up to now. Jeez, uh, I have a machine Pomona. Uh, I got a scholarship to Pitzer College out of that. Um, I did not finish my scholarship. I have my daughter. Not as that is an uh, an excuse not to finish your education, folks out there. Uh, <laughs> I just had to shift gears and get some more money a lot more fast. Now, you know, I just closed my business and then I had a daughter. So I had to make a different shift. Um, I started my current uh, career in civil engineering as an inspector. Um, I now own my own civil engineering consulting company. Wow. During that time, um, also we, we've we been teaching for Ontario Montclair School District for the last 10 years as 11, 12 years, 11 years as our consultants for the district teaching, you know, kindergarten through eighth grade because another poet superb and I, we saw that after us, we're 38, there's, there was a real void of poets coming up after us. Right, right, yeah. Uh, what's what's going to happen after we stop or, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and so, like, we wanted to make sure that the next 10 years, there's going to be another influx of poets. So for the last 10 years, we've been teaching kids uh, <laughs> kindergarten, yeah. kindergarten, kindergarten, 
<laughs> they can't even read yet, but they walk out with a poem that they know by heart out of my class. They know it by memory. That's um, lovely. In one hour, in one hour. It's pretty cool how I do it. Um, what else? Uh, what got me here? Lots of things. God got me here. Um, uh, just a lot of striving, just a lot of striving, really. Uh, a lot of striving, a lot of questioning, doors opening, me taking those doors, me walking through those doors, being the first. I you created some doors. Like yeah, you- I, I did. I created a lot of doors. And um, because I asked a question or I put an idea or a concept out, doors were created for me. Mm, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of time um, as creatives, <laughs> Uh, we try to wait for the door to be open for us as opposed to asking those questions or creating those doors that we can walk through on our own. So um, one thing that has always inspired me about your work is that you have no problem asking those questions and creating these doors, not only just for yourself, but for everybody else to be able to walk through as well. Super dope. Thank you. I was, um, also this year, um, concurrently as a poet laureate, I was the artist activist in residence through the Community Edu- Engagement Center at Pitzer College. So we had their first ever um, poetry, art, and film festival. I worked with five professors um, mm-hmm. in Indigenous High School, um, Sherman Indigenous High School out in Riverside, Indigenous Kids Come From All Out the Nation. We put out a book together. Um, also did the first ever poetry festival at the LA County Fair this year, 12 days of poetry at the fair. Um, had more of the laureates with me, um, had 20 other authors at a poetry um, book festival during, the, it was fire. Um, we've been running quite a bit, doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watch you, <laughs> watch you move. I'm like, that brother is working mm-hmm. all the time. I love it, I love it. Um, as a classroom poet, um, uh, as a classroom teacher, I'm always uh, trying to figure out how do I uh, incorporate the poetry into what I'm doing, um, just because I teach math. And so um, I have started creating um, just an entire thing for teachers of non literary subjects of how to incorporate methods of spoken word and poetry into your teaching to better engage your students into your subject matter. So I get to use spoken word and all of that, even though I'm teaching mathematics, but I pull the kids in using spoken word and poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good way to help them remember the equations. Oh, yes. I need to write some poems on how to solve the steps to solving equations. That's what I need to do. They struggle with that, man. They struggle. All right. So, so right now, what would you say are some of your uh, favorite writers or favorite books that you are reading? Favorite books that I am reading right now. Hmm. It's going to be this 2009 California building code. (laughs) <laughs> and also this 2009 or 2019 California building code and 2020 Los Angeles building code. Those are my friends right now. That's uh, what I'm reading. Sorry, hey. I was looking at my bookshelf like, what am I reading right now? Reading <laughs> the life of a civil engineer, right? Yeah, I just uh, I just passed my um, 
exam, I had to take it my second time because I bombed it my first time. That oh, wow. was easy um, for the LADBS. I'm a deputy deputy inspector. Um, so as a new deputy inspector, uh, it's you know it's very serious. Uh, I want to make sure that I know my codes and everything like that. My job is basically um, that building that fell down in Florida. Mm-hmm. That's my job. I, I inspect that. Oh, after the building falls or before? No, before all that. So okay. the reason it fell was when it's um, when they're digging in the ground, they're doing all this. Like um, there was a failure in the inspector. He reported that failure and he noted it. So he was free of that, but they didn't fix it. So yeah, oh. my job is to make sure that they not only I report it, that they also correct it. So things like that don't happen. Buildings don't fall. Sinkholes don't happen. You know, we fix roads, we fix bridges, everything, everything, everything. Yeah, I yeah. um, I almost, look, I was about this close. <laughs> I almost did civil engineering. Um because everybody said it was easier than what I was doing. So my first degree is in biomedical engineering. Okay. And so um, I was like, ah. and they were like, it's easier. You should do civil. It's going to be easier. So I took my civil engineering class and it was not easier. And so <laughs> I decided to stick with what I was what I was doing and, and, and go on and do it that way. Uh, man. OK, so here we go. Same question. I ask this question every single episode because I think it's always dope to hear. But if you could collaborate with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Jeez. Uh, dead or alive, anybody. Uh, I say Kanye West. Really? I like Ye. I like Okay, Ye. why Kanye? I like him. I like I like um, seeing him come through his phases. Um, I think we could put out something really cool together. Uh, <laughs> he has, uh, you know, more range and depth than I do. But um, I think maybe I could uh, be like a solidifying force for him. Mm, OK, OK. In the process. Yay is truly a genius. He really is. He is. He is a genius. I, what happened? I think what happened too. people didn't when it, when that sway and interview, right? That sway <laughs> interview. All right. I don't want to put. But during that time, you know, he was putting out a lot of like um, Illuminati images and messages and things like that. Right. And he said some key to sway. He says, sway. Uh, he said, uh, well, one, you don't have all the answers. Um, damn it. Oh, he says something about he had, he he learned a lot of things and he he just learned a lot of other things. Right. And when you learn a lot of um, a lot of mysticism and stuff like it, mm-hmm. it really like um, it changes your reality for a minute. And um, a lot of times and I've seen it happen, almost happen to me. Um, it's hard to come back around to like a, a solid point in that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um, I just think he's still floating around a little bit. You're just trying to find his way back to the. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see that. I can see that. And back to the one, as I call it, and I feel like I'm back to the one. But even still, like I feel like I went off in mysticism a little bit, and I feel like I went off a little a little far for myself. And because of that, I feel like I'm never close enough. I, I can't get close enough. I can't get close, close enough, enough back. back around a self. Yeah, but no, back around to the one. Back around to 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 God or my truth. My 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 
first understanding or anything like mm-hmm. that. But you learn things like you're connected to those things that you learn forever. You can't. Yeah, I it. feel that. I feel you that. Know what I mean? So, uh, you know, Solomon wrote about that too quite a bit. You know, he lamented about that. Yeah, the shit that I learned, I didn't want to learn all of this. <laughs> I can't yeah. unlearn it. <laughs> you can't unlearn it, and it's it's weird because I know I say things all the time. My, um. My mom, you know, is like a missionary and my aunt is like an evangelist and my stepfather who just passed away was assistant pastor of our church. So I kind of grew up in all that church. But like you said, along the way, I learned so much, like I learned so many other things and I'll say things sometimes and they would just look at me like, how do you even work that in to what your belief your belief system like how can how do you do that Mm -hmm. because i said something the other day to my aunt and i said um science proves god i was like so as a scientist i always know that if there's something that somebody says was god and i can't find it in science they're probably not telling me the truth Mm -hmm. and she was like what like you could just hear like on our phone call she was like okay Ray. Mm -hmm." (laughs) <laughs> like, but I mean, to me, that always has made sense. I mean, I'm an, I'm an engineer. I'm a scientist. Like I study this and I know like, okay, things operate like this, right? In, in order. And so I'm looking for that order. And when you say something that's out of order, if I can't go back and prove it in science, I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't God. I don't connect at all. I don't, I don't you don't connect for me. Yeah. But, yeah. but when you say that to people who, sometimes just think that spirituality is flighty and they don't really have like a concrete understanding of it. It sounds like you are off, off base, I think. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I sound off base. Then sometimes right. I just am off base. So <laughs> to explain, I explained some things to my husband and he's like, I don't know where you got that one. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't know where you got it. But you know, that's where we are. I like that. I like Kanye. Kanye's a good one. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. what? You know, when he did that uh, Sunday service thing, that was uh, at that time, right before COVID, I was going to, um, I'm a licensed minister. I've done now 18 weddings and a funeral. And uh, for a while, like there's been some, after machine, like there's been some talk of like how to do another building, this and that. So I've been thinking about like a temple of the arts. Um, mm, I like, like that. that. How to do it, how to do that. And, you know, it's a spiritual center, but it's also an art center, um, you know, doing that way. So uh, I felt sweet. Eh? I felt sweet eh? for several reasons. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. So what makes you want to write something new? What sparks your creativity? Oh, well, right now, um, it's it's the request uh, mm. because I am I'm, 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 I don't know which side of the brain is the math brain the right brain or the right brain but I said right brain twice left brain or right brain but I'm on that I'm on the math side right now with the with the engineering and just running and managing my time um, managing my teams not just for the I have teams for the engineering stuff at work but then I have, I'm an art director as well for the African-American Advisory Alliance. You know, uh, I have my lion-like team. I have you know a couple other things going on. So just the management of all that in the times and um, the jobs and the cart, 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 mentalizing, cart, 
What's the word? Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. <laughs> All of them are long. All of them are equally as long. Um, none of them are short for me. Um, there is no break. Um, yeah, uh, that's what gets me to write. Um, I and then I use a, I use science to write. Mm. You know, um, I taught a workshop for Chapey College. Show us right here. JP College at Hip Hop Summit. What's me? They put me on the cover of that. That's dope. Oh wow! Another one. Anyway, so um, I taught a workshop for them, and it was um, um, writing writing poetry by use of scientific method. Because I you know, like if you ever stuck, if you're ever stuck, or you have to you write have to write something on a deadline, and you don't know much about it, how to go about it, um, or if you just um, you're you're commissioned to do a poem, you know what I mean. How to how to do it? You may not. It may not be something that you know about, or something that you're passionate about, or would write about. How to do that? So using scientific method. What's your hypothesis? I think America is racist, or I think my boss is classist. I think so and so is this, or so and so. Okay, you have your hypothesis. Now, what's the next step in that? My, <laughs> I gotta get my data. You know what I mean? What's the yeah. data points? It's more than brainstorming. What are your data points? And now what? You're going to analyze your data. That's another stanza. Analyze those things you just said. Analyze that. All right, cool. Now come to your conclusion again. There's your poem. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a nice yeah. little a, a nice little way of thinking about it. Nice way to do it. You know, five, five lines, five stand, five line stanzas for each part, for each part of the method. <clears throat> if you want to write a short poem or if you want to breathe, breathe it out, you know. 10 lines per, per part. Hmm. I might have to just try that just because. All right, just because. About just anything. Because about gonna... anything. Yeah. Okay, all right. Those commission poems, they um they are they they become like that driving force when when you are a <clears throat> poet laureate. I, I find like now I write less passion poems, more commission poems. And I'm trying to get back to writing passion poems again, like just the things that are on my heart to write. Um, right now, neurodiversity is like heavy on my mind and in my heart. And so I wrote a, a poem for my son, but I don't want to go deeper and write another poem just to educate people on neurodiversity. And then my husband and I have been working on me writing more historic poetry, like bringing light to historic situations. Uh, because there's been so much about um, history and how it's taught in schools. Uh, so using poetry as a means of teaching history, uh, especially to our kids, you know, the black and brown kids around here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, oh. this, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Actually, the, uh, just yesterday um, in the city of Pomona, where I am, where I am, Lori, um they just unveiled a harriet tubman uh statue and i did a poem at the building of that and uh yeah it dropped a lot of history and education in it and um it was great i think yeah. people really loved it like yeah I, I was listening people were like giving you a whole lot of love while you were reading as well and it was a really mixed crowd it wasn't just oh, like very much so. very yeah much so. so um yeah, I, I I watched you read that poem. Do you have something you want to read for us tonight? I'm reading now. 
Yes, the Harriet Tubman poem. Let's go. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We're going to talk about it after. What's this format? Sure. Yeah, we can talk about it. I'm just asking. (laughs) This is this is just a good time to talk. It doesn't have to be anything, but just us talking. Here we go. It's my second time reading it, so impressed. For freedom she ran so our children can freely run, standing equally under the sun. From town to town by water and by darkness, two by two. Through back roads and swamps passing by gators and reptiles faster than dogs or bullets. Bullets and dogs chased the courageous led by sheep. A hero at odds never eating. She was on a mission to free her own. Others called it abolition. It was not abolished though. So by rail and by road and by track laid by memory, I've heard maps were braided on the back of heads, hiding in crowns, disguised, another honor denied. We king ourselves from this place and our crowns and crowns are still before us. We run for minds, for ours and family denied before our eyes and the angst in our hearts led the insoles of Harriet several times back and forth as the Hebrews acts of as the Hebrews asked of the prophets on the mountain, silent in caves and solemn, who will ascend and descend for us? Like Moses, most supposed our deliverance be brought by some male or man. For a while, masses searched for sons, and that was part of the plan. Half of the amazement as she, as she went and out, outwitted, how she moved, outfitted with ammo to fight back in ways slaves, slaves only dreamed of, some dreamed to fight. Others dreamt of flight. She a dream come true. She a living one come through. The ether and birth to black beings to free, to free black beings and in doing so inspire more and further movement. Charging spoken allies and charging spoken allies with fire, inspiring the moves for movements to come. She made 13 missions through the field and led 70 souls out and into self-determination and certain inalienable, the God-given rights. God gave, God gave the right pass to her lamps. But it was Harriet that kept that oil burning in that wick trend. It was Harriet whose feet blistered and whose hands rough. It was Harriet who waited in waters and darkness and scorching heat and camouflage and insubordination to Massa in his nation, Massa in his plantation for a new kind of harvest and open fields and opportunities and respect and humanity, the right to read, the freedom to be married and own things such as our own names and claim our own destiny. Harriet, we bless thee with our blood that course is free because you willed it. Because you willed it, we believe in ourselves and achieve more than even our ancestors dreamed. Harriet, we bless thee with our blood that court with our blood that holds knowledge too heavy to hold. Harriet, we bless thee for blessing us with the image of determination that looks like us, for a win that we can look to and strive for, with those that we can sit with those that look like us, for a win that we can look to and strive for as we set our goals. And look to the same stars that guide you, guide us. All right. Yes. I'm glad I listened to it again. I'm glad you read it again. I caught some stuff in there the second time that I didn't catch the first. I love it. So, okay. So, um, are you the type of poet that is better read or heard? Um, I used to say better heard. Um, because mm-hmm. there's more nuances that I do spoken that you might not pick up reading. But then reading, ah. 
you're going to see it. But if you don't um, have the, I have a lot of historical knowledge in all of my stuff. So, and a lot of quantum physics and all of my stuff, a lot of science and all of my stuff. So if you don't have those certain knowledges, you're not going to know what you're reading. But when you hear it, wow. there's hints to it. It opens the door. Gotcha. It opens the door for you, for the knowledge to hit you when you hear it. So mm-hmm. faith come by hearing, you know what I mean? Oh, come um, on now. A lot of times, and, and a lot of times they tell me like, yo, Judah, when you spit, I don't know what you're talking about, but I feel it. I feel it. And it opens something mm-hmm. up for me. It opens something. It opens something brand new for them. In the way that the That's reading, they may not, because they may not catch it. They'll just glance over it. Oh, I don't know what he's talking about. This and that. Always right, say, and you, know, you know what I mean? But when I'm saying it, mm-hmm. it's it's a different polarity on it. I, I tune it in when, I'm, when I speak it. I, I tune you. it in. Mm-hmm. like it. <clears throat> I like asking that question, um, especially because I've had the wonderful pleasure of interviewing page poets as well as spoken word poets or slam artists and to get that different, you know, feeling. So um, most often, of course, if if you're the type of poet who's put out book after book after book, you feel as though people can understand you more by reading. Whereas if you started as a spoken word artist or a slam poet, then you're like, well, I think people should hear, you know, hear my writing it or, you know, hear it while they're reading it. Something like that. A lot of poet, a lot of people who have not heard me, who heard me after they read me say I write it like I, I say it and that I, I try to do my line breaks and everything like that. So it has that mm-hmm. same natural pace in it. If I'm talking, if I'm yeah. saying it fast, you feel it fast as you read it. That's how I mm. write it. Um, some people have asked me, do I write music? Because of the way I pace it on page. Do you write music? You know what I mean? I, I did one <laughs> a different way. Like it was a music notes. And a, does he write music like actual notes? Uh, because the way he writes it is like music. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, there's nuances in it all. There's nuances in it all. I like, I love writing um more uh, more than before before for me the writing was mental i did not write mm. on page i wrote in my head mm. my longest, that's i can't my do that poem, i have always put it on <laughs> my longest poem is called national pride and it's retired uh but it's what i went to nationals with in 2005 and six and that and um it's like 1300 1200 1300 words long um the way I describe it, it was like a kind of like a snowball. Like I, I was at work, a job that I didn't like, but I was able to like kind of mentally just phase out for 12 hours mm-hmm. while I was there. And um, I would just say a line. I would remember the tone of it, the pace of it. I Five minutes later, I'd say something else. I'd say them together. I'd say something else. I'd say it together. I'd say something else. I'd say it together. I'd keep it. And it just snowballed and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then three minutes, three minutes, wow. or three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. I'm like, yo, I got a banger right now. And it was just that, <laughs> a banger. I never wrote it down. My whole first book, the first time I sat down to write the book was the first time I wrote those poems down. It was 40 poems. Wow. It was the first time I, I wrote them down. I had to keep saying it over and over. Dang, did I say that? Did I? 
That was my first time looking at what I said. It was my first time looking at it. Wow. Now I have, gosh, I, I don't know. It's weird. I have poems. I've written them down, but then once I memorized them, they're different. So then when I went to put them in my book, they're different than they were when I first wrote them. Or either the way that I perform them is different than the way I wrote them in the book. Um, but I do have a poet, uh, one of my closest friends, she's like that. Like she'll have an entire poem and it's just in her head and she doesn't, she doesn't write stuff down. I, I'm, I'm too busy she's now to do it. Dope. I think that's amazing. Uh, but that was my process before because you know, now wow. I can, uh, I can't just grab a piece of paper, this or that, but then I was, you know, at work or this or that. So I couldn't, so I was like, I have to remember this. Just like it was a song or something on the radio. If you're going to remember that, I'm going to remember this. So for 10 years, as, the, as that was my process for 10 years, all through my 20s, I didn't listen to the radio. I didn't watch TV. I had a TV in my house. I lived alone. I didn't, I had a TV. only turned it on to play PlayStation when I had company. And then when I did have company, I had DVDs. I didn't have, I didn't watch the news. None of that. My voice was my own. My thoughts were my own. My picture was my own. Mm. Um, when I... Um, when I was going to the lounge a lot um, and I started to me sounding and using a lot of concepts of other poets I stopped going <laughs> I want my voice to be my own I want, I want all of it to be me I want to be an original no clone and I don't know so. I, I mean definitely you are that I've never heard another poet sound like you which is dope um, I want to ask you because you said you know you were kind of unplugged how important do you think that is or not important to just to be away from the influence of you know normal television and and the radio and that type of thing um you know i don't think i would say like it's important for like your whole life like i enjoy binge watching tv shows and things like that watching the what is it the kingdom with my man utrecht that's my boy uh and the boys, that's another show I enjoy. Um, but I think, you know, as you're honing your craft, um, as you are um, an apprentice in the game, as you are even a master, really getting your voice and really learning your own voice, getting to it. Um, even if you look at all the prophets, they all want to go be secluded for a while, or 40 days, or years, or this or that. Some were taken away, some, you know, banished themselves. Some just said the spirit took them away to a desert under a tree, some to prison. But all they all went by themselves for a period of time. Elijah went to a cave. Right. You know what I mean? They all went somewhere. Jonah mm -hmm. went in the belly of a well and then was spit out on the shore by himself and sat there for a long ass time. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's important, you know what I mean? So that way you learn your own voice, but also, also that... Um, your source or your resource. You're learning your internal sources, your internal mm. resources, your internal voice. You know what I mean? You're checking and balancing yourself, learning that. So that way when you're criticizing yourself, so that way when external external criticism comes, it doesn't hit you as hard. Because you know who you are. Good. You spent time with yourself. Yeah. How are you gonna tell me about myself and make me insecure? I spent all this time becoming secure in myself and my God. Mm, and tight. That's good. So what you gonna say? Oh, yeah. Now watch yeah. how we move, and we move in a lion-like mind state. Body. <laughs> I love the way you always throw that in. God body. Because lion-like mind state. That's what we do it. I love it. Oh man. Okay. So 
Would you say that your advice for an aspiring poet is to get that time alone, like away from influences and, and to really get to know themselves? Or would you, an aspiring poet, they come up to you tomorrow and they're like, okay, Judah one, what do I do? I want to one day be as great as you. What do I do? What would be that one piece of advice? Oh, man, you, you want to be the greatest, make thy works into the Lord, you straight up and down. Um, mm. But other than that, I would really just say, um, yes, it's, it's necessary. That seclusion, both things are necessary. You need to get out to other mics so you hear what other people sound like. Everyone's going to come at the same concepts. You're going to hear a bunch of sex poems, a bunch of rape poems, a bunch of uh, hate America poems, a bunch of all kinds of the same type of poems, but you're going to hear how people come at them different. Don't come at it the same way. Don't come at it the same way. That would be one thing. But also don't let that be your study. Just the whole point of being secluded is that you're not coming at it the same way anyway. You're not using all these other voices and you don't need you don't need this uh, external things. That's the whole thing of being a poet. You're pulling your vessel yourself. To me, to me, that's what it is. So you're a vessel. So being a vessel, once again, is learning your source and then connecting and being in alignment, staying in alignment. I think that's that's the most important thing because you're gonna you're gonna develop your own tone, your own voice, and your own style, hopefully. Inshallah, yeah. you will do that. That's that is the key to, to this. So um for me, it meant when I started sounding like I really admired MQ. When I started sounding like MQ, I pulled away from poetry for three years. I pulled away from the scene all the way. Um wow. and I I I came back to writing writing myself. Like, okay, I'm writing a different style, I'm I'm writing uh, about different things that I don't even normally talk about. Okay, all those are now trash. They were good, but they're all now trash, and we're going to come back to the one. Now, what? Now, what am I talking about again? What do I think about? What do I wonder about? Do other people wonder about those things? Because I never heard anybody else so much say they wonder about those things. And then when I spit it, they say, "Damn, I wonder about those things," but no one's ever talked about it before. So I thought I was by myself. Mm -hmm. No, so I want to talk about all the other shit that we don't normally talk about. All these mental processes and spiritual processes and getting lost and coming back to the one and trying to stay in alignment and all that because people go through that too and it's not yeah. as common but it's common enough that i'm yeah alone. yeah absolutely <laughs> and that's what it really you know what i'm saying yeah man so uh what do you have going on right now where can everybody follow you um support you all of that good stuff. This is your time. This is your time to do your commercial. Tell me what you got coming up, where we can support you. All right, cool. Um, you can find me at my website, theartofdavidjuda.com. My name is David Judah One, just theartofdavidjuda.com. Bunch of videos, more books, all this. I got some records out. Just dropped a new record called The First Laureate. It's everywhere uh, where fine records are streamed. Uh, it, it's spoken word but it's hip hop it's my first time doing it like this and it was dope um, what else uh, my, my my dates are really like jumbled in my head I give thanks to my assistant Sandria she keeps me she lets me know what's what I, I know I have um, I have a show this Saturday and I just said yes to something today oh for Sunday I don't remember what they are yet 
Uh, <laughs> but if we follow if you, follow you, me on Instagram at Judah One, J U D A H, the number one, just like it is right there. Um, you can pretty much find me on anything at any any platform, just at Judah One. Just type that in. If you, you know, you can just Google that. You can Spotify, you can Apple Music, Apple Music, you can Facebook it. You could uh whatever you do to do it, you can do it. And uh, Lion Like Mind State, my fourth year, we were 14 years old. Um, we were at the Mona Fairplex all throughout before COVID. That's our house. Um, I believe we'll start back next month or the month after next. Um, and then we'll also start, um, we, uh, we're we going to have a couple of satellite things. So there's going to be Lion Like Mona and then we'll be starting Lion Like East. Soon we'll be announcing that. Okay. Well, we got to see what we can do to get Lion Like in Knoxville. Oh, we can make that happen. Make that happen. <laughs> yes, yes. We got a I told you, y'all have to uh, put together another slam team and just come to Southern Fried next year. Jeez, I don't know about slam anymore. Uh, we shall we shall see how we should overcome that. I'm trying to um, take uh, this curriculum that I made 10 years ago. And take it to this other district that's much larger. And uh, see if we can hire a lot more poets and uh, teach a lot more students. So I, that's that's my uh-huh. focus next year. I don't think I'll be doing any competitions um, outside of just putting off my region, making sure that we're number one around. I love it. And you will be poet laureate through twenty twenty three, right? No, I am done this 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 December. I am done this. this Oh wow! Okay, this my, okay. This is my third year. I had two years, and then I had a COVID extension. Um, we've kind of started a, a search right now for the next laureate. Uh, so that looked, I, made it made it hard for somebody to come well, and follow that was, that you. Was, that was the a, a thing that I, I wanted to do as well. So if I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to make it very difficult. Um, I'm still I'm still trying to open another residency for the fall. Um, at another university, another Olympic university, and two more festivals. So yeah, I'm trying to make it very difficult, not just uh, for the next, but also really just setting off some things that I, I I always wanted to see us do in our community. And I'm setting mm-hmm. them off so that way they're annual things. Because in our region, a lot of times we're going to LA to do a lot of things. And right? that means that they're just going through us um, and they live there. Um, so we just want to give them more things to do, give us more things to do that are um, for us, um, for our intellect and for our spirit. I love yeah. it. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you, everybody. This has been Mr. David Judah. Judah One is where you find him on all your social media. Follow him, send support and love and definitely buy a book or two. (laughs) So we'll see you again. Can't wait till we are in the same place again. And uh, I appreciate you for the conversation. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beyond the Spark podcast. Remember to follow Raya Sunshine Poetry on social media. And please subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when another episode is dropped. Again, thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time when we go Beyond the Spark.